Welcome to this Bible class, dealing again with the book of Philippians in the New Testament. We are in chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Our aim is not just to transfer information from the page to our minds. We need to do that, then personally accept the challenge to use what we learn in the conduct of our lives. Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Synthic to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That's Philippians 4, verses 1 through Four. Chapter 4 begins for us with a reminder of how rich and warm Paul's relationship was with the Christians in Philippi. This is not an ordinary formal greeting. This doesn't begin with ladies and gentlemen. This is an expression of deep affection, my brothers whom I love and long for. And then he adds, my joy and crown. This is not the kind of language you use in ordinary greetings when you just say hello to someone. In the New International Version, it reads this way, Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. They had a hearty unity and refreshing close relationship, which becomes a good example for all Christians. He says to these beloved Christians in Philippi, stand firm thus in the Lord. If you have the new King James, so stand fast in the Lord. When there is an enemy, you have to stand your ground against aggression, seduction, or deception. Remember back in chapter 3, there were dogs, suitable imagery used by Paul to warn the Christians of false teachers. Near the end of chapter 3, Paul said, through his tears, there are enemies of the cross of Christ. So you have to take a stand. Stand against the aggression, seduction, or deception used against you. Stand together and stand fast in the Lord. I think about the song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. I think about defending ourselves against the devil's attacks. I think of holding our ground and not giving in to the opposition, drawing from the previous chapter, pressing on, holding true. And that's all packaged in this very simple expression here. Stand firm in the Lord. If I don't stand firm, I'll gradually slip away 
fall back and be taken in by the enemy and by false teaching. Now, anytime you have two or more people where there is a group of people, there's always the possibility of people making wrong choices or having selfish attitudes resulting in some conflict. It happens in marriages and families and offices, on the sports playing field, in government and politics, where there are two people or more who are capable of making wrong choices, there's always that potential for conflict. Here is such a case. In the church at Philippi, there is no reason to believe the church at Philippi was torn apart as badly as the church at Corinth, but there were two women, Euodia and Synthic, who were not in agreement. And we're not told the details. Here's what needed to happen, even though we don't have the details. One, Paul entreats them to res resolve their conflict. Two, Paul addresses his true companion to help these women reconcile. The true companion may have been Epaphroditus or could be an image that stood for the whole church. What's clear is the two women were in some sort of conflict. It needed to be resolved for the sake of their souls and the unity of the local church. Now, can we make this observation? Listen to verse 2 again. I entreat Euodia and I entreat Synthic to agree in the Lord. Now, how many people are entreated? Two. If there is a conflict between two people, both need to be entreated to resolve it. It may be that one bears more guilt than the other, but before you assume anything first, both need to take responsibility. And we learn from this that you cannot just let a disruption go on forever because you know what happens. A conflict that begins with two people can be compounded by indifference and it can grow. Long-term grudges can result. And then something else can happen. Someone takes the side of one against the other. Somebody else jumps into the conflict and before long, everybody's going to be at everybody else. Mercy and humility sought early can lead to healthy, clean, and final resolution, reconciliation. Therefore, my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Euodia and I entreat Synthic to agree in the Lord. Now, how could they reconcile? Look at that key phrase, in the Lord. You've heard me say many times, if I live under the authority of the Lord and you live under the authority of the Lord, we are united and we can resolve any conflict early if we are both committed to the Lord. 
More about this in verse 3. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, let me inject into this study an important word of clarity. This example, this teaching in Philippians 4, does not mean we need to impulsively jump into everybody's conversations and relationships. Don't act on suspicion. This was something visible, open, and known. So let's not take this to mean we need to go around asserting ourselves into relationships. But when the evidence is clear, when it is open and clear that there is conflict, to whatever extent we are able, we need to be ready to help if we can. And maybe I should plug into this study another word of clarity. There may be one person who is best suited to be the mediator in a conflict. In verse 3, the true companion. Perhaps this involved more than one, but I think we can make the observation here based on the singular that there's good sense in discovering if there is one person best suited, that person should be the one. So we pray about conflicts that we're aware of. We need to be ready to help to the best of our ability. But if there's one person better suited, let the best person who is suited to the task to be the one who reaches out and works toward reconciliation. These women had a good reputation before their conflict. They worked side by side with Paul and Clement in the Lord's service along with others. Now there was conflict, and Paul is asking them publicly in this letter that would be read in Philippi to seek good reconciliation. Did you hear the other part of that? There is a book of life. Now, that can be heartening or frightening, depending upon your present relationship with the Lord. If you're standing firm in the Lord, holding true to what you have attained and maintaining your citizenship in heaven, there's great assurance in the existence of this book of life that only God controls. If, on the other hand, you are weak, not growing, absorbing more of the world than the gospel, it is a frightening reality for you. We hope that fear will lead to repentance so that you can rejoice that your name has been restored to the pages of that book of life. So depending upon your present relationship and activity to the Lord, this is heartening are frightening. And this is one reason why conflict or division needs to be solved and healed until unity is restored. We want to all be together in heaven. And we want there to be no conflict or fighting here. There will be none there. Rejoice in the Lord. <clears throat> Always. Again, I will say rejoice. 
We've talked about the significance of this before, that the Apostle Paul was imprisoned without cause, facing execution, living in less than comfortable circumstances, but by faith, he resisted the expected depression and despair of common prisoners. Yet, not only was there no evidence of depression, he can't stop talking about his joy in the Lord. That's impressive for anyone who reads Philippians against the background of Paul's history and his circumstance. I read this the other day. A Christian can be joyful within when without all is dark and dreary. One of the most interesting and remarkable things Christians learn is that laughter does not exclude weeping. Christian joy is not an escape from sorrow. Pain and hardship still come, but they are unable to drive out the happiness of the redeemed. Wrap-up time. Taking a stand is not optional. Someone might say, well, I'm just not the type to take a stand. It is not my personality. If you want to think back through biblical history and use your imagination, <clears throat> Abraham says, Lord, I can't really do this. It's not my style. Or can you imagine? We're thinking hypothetically here to make a point. Noah saying, well, I've never built a boat before. I don't think I can do this. Or Joseph, I don't want to do anything in Egypt, but just sit around. There were some like Moses and Jeremiah who actually did hesitate, but God took them beyond that hesitation in very good fashion. And these examples we've given, Abraham, Noah, Joseph, they got up and they did what God expected them to do. And we believe there were times when they rejoiced in their relationship with God. When it comes to God, to Christ who died for us and the word given by the Holy Spirit, if our hearts are right, we will take a stand. And taking a stand, we will then rejoice. Stand firm. And this is not just something that pertains to what we call doctrine. It encompasses everything God expects of his people, morally, domestically, everything requires this courage. After the video, please go over and read Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, about putting on the whole armor of God. And mark in your Bible how many times the words stand and withstand occur in that passage, taking a stand and the resulting joy of taking a stand in your relationship with the Lord is not optional. Number two, resolving conflict needs to be speedy, comprehensive, and lasting. One of the most destructive habits men and women get into is prolonged conflict where Matthew 5, 22 to 26, and the corresponding passage over in Matthew 18, they're just not applied. 
And conflict begins and then it continues. It's not dealt with and it breeds bitterness. And it just goes on and on. And sometimes it is passed down from one generation to another. Jesus wants us to be a people who are prompt in settling disputes. Read Matthew 5, 22 through 26, where Jesus said, you settle things quickly. Number three, remember there is a book of life. Revelation 20 and verse 15 declares, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the flame of fire, the lake of fire. Well, there's a good place to just pause and do some deep self-examination and very honest contemplation. Is your name written in the book of life? Listen again, please, to our text. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat you, Odia, and I entreat Synthic to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Stand firm and rejoice. Thank you for being with us during this video. Next, coming up, Philippians 4, 5 through 9.